the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. We invite you to join us in worship this Sunday at either the 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock service. For more information, visit our website at largocc.org. Whatever happens, whatever happens, it's going to be Him, His will, and resurrection on Sunday. Today on The Healing Word, we welcome you. Pastor Jack Morris is continuing a study of Philippians chapter 1, where Paul continues to exhort the early church to have confidence in what God has done, is doing, and will do until the day Christ returns for his church. When I was working on this message, I heard these words going over and over in my mind. I'm going to keep on singing. Just over and over, just like it locked in. Well, I, the more I jotted down my thoughts, the more that kept going over my mind. And boy, that chair behind that desk was rocking. <laughs> I'm going to keep on singing. <laughs> it's going to be a rejoicing life. The enemy wants to close us down and shut us up. But if there is a song in your heart, you have to sing it. And there's a song in my heart and in your heart today. Paul said in verse 18, Christ is preached and because of this, I'm going to keep on singing. I'm going to keep on shouting. No, he didn't say that. Andre Trout said that. But he said, yes, I will continue to rejoice because Christ is preached. And he was in prison when he said those words and pinned those words. Now think about it. Here he is, personal suffering. Things weren't to his liking at that time. He wanted to be out preaching the gospel and building churches and starting new churches. That's what he wanted to do. But in, in, in lieu of that, he was in a prison in Rome. Well, he was really under house arrest. It was a rented house. But there was a guard that was chained to him 24-7. The guard had a chain to the guard's wrist over to Paul's wrist. Day and night, the shift would change. A new guard would come on. But Paul was never without a chain on his wrist. In verse 13, he said, I am in chains for Christ. Now think of that. I'm in this predicament because God put me in this predicament. I'm in jail because God put me in jail. Think of what's going on in your life and pray that God will help you to see his plan because nothing is happening to you that God didn't design and make it happen. There's a message there for us as we pause and think and look 
And if he still can't find it, ask him, Lord, why? Show me why. Show me your message in this. Show me what I'm to do with what's going on. He'll show you, and you will know, and then it'll be up to you whether or not you go forward and and obey what he has put you into. Now, Paul is saying in verse 12, this has served to advance the gospel. My arrest has served to advance the gospel. Now, how would such a situation served to advance the gospel. Before he was arrested, he was establishing churches. And one of the churches he established was the church at Philippi. And the church at Philippi was his favorite church. Well, he established churches in Ephesus and in uh, Macedonia and in Troas. and um, Well, he just established churches everywhere. But this was the church that he loved. And he established it approximately 10 years prior to this arrest. And he was writing to them. And he said, this arrest has served to advance the gospel. Now, this is what happened. He was chained to a a guard. Now, this was the elite guard. This was the palace guard. These men were hand-picked. These were very special trained men. They were specially uniformed. They were specially fed. They were the very elite. So they put a chain around this man's guard's wrist, put a chain around Paul's wrist. Now, this guard had to stand there and listen to Paul as Paul would speak out loud and write the words. Uh, Then Paul would witness to this guard, tell this guard. The guard couldn't get away from Paul. Who was chained to whom? (laughs) The guard was chained to Paul. And you can only take so much of the word of God. Friend, get under the sound of the word of God and know the blessing and the joy of the Lord. It'll come upon you. You can't hear the word because the word won't return empty. But if you want to have happiness and joy in your heart, then hear the word of God. Read the word of God. Come to the house of God. Be part of it and be consistent. Hit and miss doesn't work. It just doesn't work. But if you really love the Lord and you will then love his word, you will hear his voice as you read the word and hear the word, you will hear the voice of the Lord Jesus. Well, these guards started getting saved. And then they would go back to the barracks and they would tell their friends, their their peers, about what Christ has done for them. Friend, you can't be a Christian without talking about it. When God comes into your heart, good news. The word good news, the word gospel, that's what gospel means, good news. And there is something explosive about good news. You can't close it down, but you can't talk good news and garbage at the same time. Good news and criticizing at the same time. You can't do that at all. It just doesn't work that way. So you might as well just stop trying it. Just let the Lord's word come in, fill you, cleanse you, purify you, bring you into the presence of Jesus. You'll hear the voice of God. God will talk to you. Well, these guards started going back to the barracks and telling their their, their friends. And their friends began to get saved. Well, people, I can almost imagine some of those guards in the barracks said, hey, 
let me go on duty. I want to get out there and get chained to that man. And then the guards would go home and tell their wives. And then their wives would tell their girlfriends who lived next door. And the word of God was spreading all because a man was in prison. Because a man was in prison in the will of God. So look out for the circumstances because God is in the circumstances. He'll be there to help you. And to reveal himself to you. And the gospel was being advanced. The gospel then was also being written. And you have it today, and I have it in the Bible, in the Word of God. So Paul is saying, I'm in jail, I'm in prison, but I'm going to go on singing. I'm going to go on shouting. I'm going to go on lifting my voice. Let the world may know that Jesus saves. That was the only thing in life that was important to him. Get the word out. Defeat the enemy. Only the word can defeat the enemy. The word, sharper than a two-edged sword, will cut the enemy down. Be filled with the word, and you'll be filled with the spirit. I'm going to go on singing. I'm going to go on shouting. So in personal suffering, this man continues to rejoice. But now I'm going to tell you something else that was going on that really disturbed Paul greatly. And that was there was division in the church, particularly in the church at Rome. But there was division here in the Philippian church. And we often think, oh, if I could just have lived back in the Bible days, everything would have been wonderful. Yes, everything was just about the same as it is now. It was back then. We have Christians today that are not fully dedicated and surrendered as Joyce sang just a moment ago. We're just holding back. We, maybe 85% is surrendered, but there's that portion that isn't quite there yet. But Paul said that, and this, this, this is the thing that, that really disturbs me, and I'm sure disturbed Paul. The people who were dividing the church were the preachers in the church. Now think about it for just a moment. But these men were good men, And they were preaching the gospel, but they were envious of Paul. In other words, they were jealous of him. They wanted his position. They wanted Paul's influence. People started coming to the the, uh, house where Paul was arrested and chained. And they would ask him questions. People from the churches. Well, the pastors, they said, hey, these are my people. They're going to you. They're not coming to me. That was their attitude. And the scripture says, read it for yourself. They became envious of Paul. But Paul said, these men are still preaching the gospel. They are not, they're not erring in theology. They are preaching the truth. And though I'm here in Rome, there are several Christian churches. I'm paraphrasing what Paul was thinking and saying. There are several Christian churches here. And the pastors are now jealous of me because they want my position. They can't wait till I resign. <laughs> they can't wait till, till I'm executed. If, because he was also waiting on execution, perhaps, of being handed down. But Paul said this, what I'm preaching, they're preaching. They're preaching it, and they have wrong motives. God will deal with them. But the, Paul is saying this. The most important thing is they're preaching. 
they're preaching the word, and the word is out there. And so look at what look, listen to what he says. Only in the spirit could he have said this. But what does it matter that they're envious of me and they're jealous of me? He said, I'm the one that built the church. They want it. They want a free ride. <laughs> they want to cash in. But he said, at the same time, they're preaching the truth. But there's something in their heart that they need to have cleansed away. A divided church. But what does it matter as long as the gospel is being preached? Because God is using the gospel. I remember a man that we had here years ago. He was at the Washington Bible College. And I remember hearing him pray. He was from Africa. And uh, Darko was his last name. I can't think of his first name at the moment. But I heard him pray one time. He said, Lord, on a Sunday morning, let your word go forth among all the churches all over the area. And even though some of the pastors in the pulpit don't believe it, yet it's still your word. Bless your word. That's what was happening. In something like that was happening right here with Paul. But Paul said, I'm going to go on singing. I'm going to keep on shouting. I'm going to keep on lifting my voice and let the world know that Jesus saves Whatever is happening, it doesn't matter as long as the gospel goes forth, whether the preacher believes it or whether he doesn't believe it, the gospel is going forth. I heard a minister say one time, go ahead and talk about me. Just talk about me. If you want to say good things, that's fine. But if you want to say bad, negative things, go ahead and say it. I just want my name to be out there. Just talk about me. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> But Paul was still rejoicing in the Lord, though there were things that were going on that were breaking his heart. He could still rejoice in God. And then the third thing that upset him, well, it didn't really upset him. I better take that word back. He was concerned about it. There were things that he, he was sure and certain of, but there were things that he was not sure of, the things that he was not certain of. He was certain that he was in the will of God even under house arrest. He was certain that he was called of God to establish these churches and to write perhaps over half the New Testament. He, he was sure and certain of certain truths. And they, they just enraptured his heart. But there were some things that Paul didn't know about. Speaking of futuristic things. You see, he was waiting... And he waited two years under house arrest. He was waiting on a verdict from Caesar to be handed down. And that verdict could be release him and let him go. Or take him to the chopping block and decapitate him. He didn't know. The Lord didn't choose to. Friends, there are things that you and I don't understand. But we can go on singing. We can go on rejoicing. We can go on celebrating Jesus and sharing his word. We can continue to do that. Paul knew this. He knew that he was in Christ. And then here in the first chapter of Philippians, he talked about the grace and peace being to them. And he said, to all the saints in Christ Jesus in Philippi. He knew whom he had believed. He knew his name was in the book of life. 
He knew he was in Christ and he was right with Christ. He had the joy of Christ right now. He knew that and it blessed him and it held him for those years that he was waiting on the verdict to be handed down. And he could keep right on singing, keep right on rejoicing, even in the midst of difficult, very difficult circumstances. Oh, yes, he was decapitated, but he kept on singing up until that time. He kept on shouting up until that time. He he was in Christ, and he knew the churches were composed of people who were in Christ. In Christ. Now, Paul, wherever Paul was, in Christ, listen to me, in Christ was his permanent address. He traveled, as I said about Troas, Mesopotamia, Philippi, Ephesus, Galatians, Rome. He, he, he traveled all around. His zip code continued to change, but his permanent address was in Christ. Friend, listen to me. Come on, listen to me. Uh, uh, do you know your permanent address is in Christ? Well, then act like a loving Christian. This was where Paul was. He was in Christ. Thank God. No wonder he could go on rejoicing and singing and celebrating. He would be able to say the verdict's coming down. I might be released. He said, now, if I am released, that'll be better for the churches because I'll be able to visit the churches and teach them and help them with their difficulties and some of the internal circumstances and problems that they're facing. It'll be better for the church if I'm released. But if my life is taken... That might be better for me because death will be gain. But he said, I'm going to have to leave that to the Lord. He isn't showing me. Friend, just go with what you have. And that is an experience in Christ. In Christ, let that experience grow and develop and secure and wrap itself around you. Let that be your permanent address in Christ. You're in Christ now. You're in Christ tomorrow when you go to work. You're in Christ when you go shopping. Wherever you are, whatever the circumstances, in the hospital, you're in Christ wherever you are. That's your permanent address. And that cannot be taken away from you unless you just give it up. Don't ever give up. (laughs) Go with God. God will go with you. In Christ. Paul was able to say... In my personal difficulty, suffering, I'm in Christ, and I'm going to rejoice. There's division in the church, but that's all right. The word of God is going out. I'm going to rejoice. I don't know what's coming down. I'm uncertain about a lot of things. The most important is my own life. But what does it matter? I'm going to go on rejoicing. I'm going to go on shouting, regardless of what happens. Now, notice what the scripture says. Paul said, whatever happens. Now, listen to me. I want you to say that with me, those two words. Whatever happens. Oh, come on. Whatever happens. Whatever happens. I don't know what's going to happen to me. You don't know what's going to happen to you. You don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. Oh, you have plans, but you can't guarantee them. (laughs) Ed got up this morning. He couldn't be here to play the organ five or ten minutes ahead of the service. He had a flat tire. He didn't plan on that, did you, Ed? 
No. <laughs> Friend, he, he planned on being here. Playing the organ when you come in, sort of create a mood or a, a feeling, a, a sensation. But he couldn't make it. But whatever happens, see, now that gave me a good illustration, didn't it, Ed? So, <laughs> whatever happens, and that's what Paul said. Whatever happens, if I live, I live unto the Lord. If I die, I die unto the Lord. Whether I live, therefore, or die, I am the Lord's. I'm in Christ. Now, how do we live a whatever happens life? How do we do that? I'm going to tell you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will help you to listen and to hear because there's going to be things that are happening, things that are happening all the time in your life and in your family life, in your marriage, in your finances. Things are happening. In the church, things are happening. And they're going to happen all the time. But how do I live a whatever happens life like Paul lived? Well, I'm going to leave Paul right now and I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to look at with you at Jesus and how he lived the whatever happened life. And it's written for our admonition. Jesus was in the upper room with the disciples. Judas was there. When I was in Bible college, they had a big gas tank out by the, on the campus. And the, the keeper of the grounds put a great big padlock on it. And some of the fellows said to him, why are you doing that? We're, we're all Christians and fellow ministers, and you're locking it like somebody's going to steal gas? And all he said was this, with his head down, he said, well, in every 12. Now watch him as he goes to Calvary. Three hours. It's all coming down to three. Three hours he's on the cross. On the cross he cries out, My God, why? It took three hours till he could say, Lord, Father, into your hand I command my spirit. On the cross, from my God, why? To my Father into your hands. I command my spirit. He died. It was crucifixion. He was buried. The disciples were so discouraged. Their heads hung low. They talked with each other. We had hoped that this was the Messiah. We had hoped that this was the Christ. And there he was right there with them, walking down the Emmaus Road with them. Friend, he's there whether you see him or whether you feel him or whether you don't. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's one of the scriptures we quote most all the time. And here he is. They're with him. And those disciples. You know, I wish, I almost feel, because I have the book, I have the story. You do too. It's in the Bible. I feel like saying, fellas, hang on just one more day. You discouraged disciples. Just one more day. Now, this is Friday. All you need to do is just... Hang on Saturday because Sunday's coming. It's not over till it's over. And when Sunday comes, there's going to be a resurrection. You're sad today. You're discouraged today. But if you'll just hang on another day, then you're going to sing all hail the power of Jesus' name. 
because one more day he's going to arise from the dead. So that's how you can go to that place and say whatever happens, whatever happens, it's going to be him, his will, and resurrection on Sunday. We hope that today's message has been a blessing and has strengthened your faith in God. But before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris. Thanks, Eric. Friend, God has called you to a rejoicing life. We rejoice in Him because of the great and wonderful salvation He has brought to us. That salvation is a relationship with God that is unshakable and certain. And even though there are things in our future that we may not understand, God has the future securely in His hands. Go in faith. See you next time. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. As we conclude today's program, I want to invite you to pray for the ministry of the healing word and ask God on our behalf to bless these messages as they minister to hearts all over our nation's capital area and the world. And if the Lord lays it on your heart, would you consider partnering with Pastor Morris in financially supporting this ministry? You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. Be sure to tune in Monday at the same time for another edition of the Healing Word. Until then, blessings on you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.